Welcome back to Two Smart Guys and a Friend. I'm Jesse. I'm Will. What up, man? Not much, dude. This is a, a little bit different for us. We're recording kind of after work on a, a weekday. We're usually on the weekends. Yeah, well, you know, life of a podcast. That's right. Moves around. <laughs> oh, man. So, we talked about horror movies. Before we even get to the movie that we actually watched which i guess is a horror movie i mean it wasn't scary at all yeah was i was never once like tense first off i wasn't worried about the characters because i didn't care care at one point i was rooting for the bad guy so (laughs) i I mean so i mean he was okay let let me ask you a question when did it jump the shark to you was there? A, did it even require jumping a shark? No. The fact that he just was like, I mean, what? All right. Okay. Hold on real quick. So we're talking about the movie Joyride. Yep. Was he supernatural? He seemed to be. Yeah. But I don't think that was the point. I kind of think the thing about this movie is this movie doesn't care about But that. it was written by J.J. Abrams. I could tell. In good ways at times. Yeah. I thought there were some things about it where I felt the crafty hand of Abrams moving that thing along. So what were you, what scene were you talking about when you called me and we're like, this scene made me think about this is why you wanted to watch it? No, I, what I said was this made me think about you. Oh. And it made me happy. It was when it was the old 97 song. And, oh, okay. Because I was like, yeah. oh, that's good. Paradoxically, there was a scene at the beginning of the movie it's kind of like in the setup where he gets on a payphone. It was the worst music. It made me hate this film at that point. I was like, what the fuck? Like when I looked it up, because I was just like, this movie sucks so bad. I wouldn't say that. All right. You wouldn't. But as I'm watching it in the house, I'm like, this movie sucks so bad. Like I wanted to take multiple breaks just to go hit my head against the wall for a <laughs> wow. moment and come back. But. I, then I look up the director and it's like, this dude directed Rounders. That's crazy. Yeah. And he's done a lot of shit since then, mostly TV work lately for a reason. They probably, they're like, yeah, Rounders we'd love you to off. do another direct movie or a, a feature film. Oh, wait, you did Joyride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, man. But I think he's And Joyride 2 and Joyride 3. Now, I don't know if he did those. But neither did the voice of Rusty Nail, which was the best part of the movie. He was great. Yeah. Candy cane. Yeah. Candy cane. Bye bye, black sheep. I wish I could do that. Well, I, okay, so here's what I thought was well done in the movie. I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. I thought the idea, just the concept, and that's what screamed J.J. Abrams to me, because you're taking that, the kind of the ghost story, the, you know, the callers in the house kind of thing, and you're applying it to a very a different medium. I also thought just kind of putting that whole thing against the backdrop backdrop of the really open Southwest, I liked that. I thought that was very effective, and it was a good use of of that. And that's not a super common place you would do that kind of movie. Liked it. 
Um, there were scene, there were parts where I thought the music worked well. The, the old '97 song, also I think it was Patsy Cline at one point. Mm-hmm. It was kind of spooky and it worked really well. I thought that was good, but I don't know if he was supernatural or not. He certainly yeah. always seemed. You knew by a little bit the rules of this movie is that he's always going to be able to do things he shouldn't be able to yeah, do. Yeah, just like everything. Don't question it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I knew you wouldn't like it, he, but he, you know, like uh, one thing that really like early on in the movie. Is he pays eleven hundred dollars for this car, and then he picks his brother up. Kudos to the casting: Steve's on, Paul Great. Walker could have been brothers. Yeah, uh, and good actors. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Well, Steve's on, Paul Walker's eh, whatever. He was okay. Uh, detest the girl. Why? I just something about her I <laughs> made do. you mad. She's like a young Helen Hunt. I detest Helen Hunt. So it's like, <laughs> it's like. Oh, everything you dislike about Helen Hunt, let's make it younger. <laughs> I just didn't like it. So that's I've never thought about that. Is it that they look like an actor you don't like, therefore you hate them? <laughs> I just I don't know. She, and as far as I know, she was in two movies, and now she does nothing. So, hmm. but what, where was I going with this? Oh, this is where the movie. This if we're talking about jumping the shark, yeah. this is where it jumps the shark. Where he's talking about how you know, have, are you fucking her yet or whatever? Right, and he just. Instead of pulling over on the side of the road, oh, he just still doing sixty. He rams into this ditch and then skews sideways close to the fence. The, the, the fucking thing flies off the wheel, and then they're just like, next thing you know, they're just back on the road. That car is done after that. <laughs> I will say this: that was so violent that that was one of the more tense parts of the movie to me. <laughs> and like, it's not supposed to be. They're gonna die right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But all right, so the the only enjoyable scene where I was just like, okay, this is kind of fun, is very unbelievable when they get out of the car naked. Yeah, they have to go in and order six hamburgers each for whatever reason, which they don't even stick with that very long. No, they just run out. But they would have been arrested immediately. immediately yeah. But the best part was the old lady. They're like, can we get 12 hamburgers, please? And she's just sitting there in her eyes. Whoever this actress was, kudos to you, ma'am. You almost saved the movie for me. <laughs> and then she goes, y'all want fries with them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie sucked. But here's the thing. So that wasn't a horror movie. So that shouldn't even count. Yeah. Because it, it was not. I mean, I'm not going to be scared anyway or... I would like to jump a little bit, maybe, if yeah. something surprises me. But I, guess I mean, there were some tense moments. Maybe. I would rather we rewatch The Human Centipede than watch yeah, trash like that I don't again. Watch that shit. Yeah, no, I don't either. Yeah, you didn't think? I thought it held up th- certainly through the point where, like, in the initial, this is a movie about two guys. They, they're going to pick up a girl. It's the alcoholic brother. He picks them up. Formula. They start playing on a CB radio, and they they get like this terrible sounding trucker dude to follow who, them. Who was a hundred percent in the right for everything that he did, including ripping the dude's jaw off? Yeah, they shouldn't have fucking tricked his ass. Well, first off, he should be ashamed that he thought Paul Walker sounded like a girl. He didn't sound like a girl. He at didn't all. sound like a girl at all. He sounded like Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah, trying to be a, a little hey, bit. Baby. Like, hey, baby. It's like me going, "Hey, Will." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, dude, you're a dude. Yeah. <laughs> but the part, so in the beginning of this of the movie, 
they like give him they they when they stop for the, they they play around with him on the thing and he's looking for this girl, and then uh, they pull into a hotel and the motel. Steve's, motel the Steve Zahn character there's some belligerent patron there and they call him the giant like he wasn't even a he big big, big dude guy, like yeah. I'm like where are you getting the giant yeah. guy from that but was anyway. in the script but they cast somebody wrong and right. they just didn't change it so and, and they uh, and he's he's kind of a douche to him so they get back on the CB and they give that guy's motel room which is next door to theirs which, you didn't you t- didn't think the part where they're listening to him just like all that shit like yeah, through the wall hey, that was pretty yeah, creepy no, it was alright there was too many noises and it didn't make sense. Like, was he in the room? Because it did that part didn't make sense to me because he let the guy in and then the guy was mad. Like, what do you got in your hand? What do you got in your hand? But the door was already shut. Yeah. So it's like, why the fuck would you even let the dude in? Right. If you don't know, I brought the pink champagne. Like what? Come on, dude. So let me tell you a story about that. And that might've inspired this. So it was October it was like the 5th. I'm not exactly sure what birthday of mine it was, but we went to New Orleans to go to a Saints game. Lester, okay. Lester and I. I mean, we, were you an adult? There was three of us. Yeah, yeah, we were old enough to drink. There was three of us. I, sad to say, I cannot remember who the third person with us was. <clears throat> Bought the tickets last minute. Uh, nosebleed. And the hotel we're at, off of... Uh, I don't, I don't remember where we were. It was close. It was walking distance to the stadium. But every window had like an Eagles fan club flag <laughs> in it or because e- we were playing the Eagles. Right. Now, at this point in the season, in, in this particular season, which we could probably find, I'm pretty sure we were 0-5 and, and the Eagles were 0-4. Okay. And uh, so you probably figure, I could probably look it up, but who cares? That's not the point. So we go down and we, we have dinner and some drinks and stuff and we're having fun and – no one's in the room next to us. We're up on this balcony mm-hmm. and no one's next to us. So let's just say we're room. I think we were room like 204. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's in 205. Okay. So there's this How do you one. Know this? Uh, I mean, the windows were open or whatever. I I don't know why, how we knew or who maybe Brad suggested. It. I think it was our buddy Brad with us. And <laughs> so as we're about to go down to get some drinks at like seven or eight, this one room around a corner. No, I was going to get ice. And the room around the corner was like all Philadelphia eagled out. Okay. And so I went back to the room. I got a piece of paper and I wrote, you eagle faggots, pussies, you want to do something, blah, blah, blah. I, I wrote a whole page of just like taunting. And I was like, and if you want to get your ass whooped, you can come to room 205. And then I put it on their doorknob. And forgot about it. So we go down to Bourbon Street and all that jazz, and we come back like, you know, the the game's at noon. So we probably get back to the room around midnight, and we're just about, we're like talking and hanging out. And at like one o'clock, we hear this like pile driver slamming the door next door. And these windows were the kind that are up in the wall. Yeah. So they're like shoulder height, you know, and you kind of just pull the curtains back. And we pull the curtains back. And it was like nine Philadelphia Eagle fans. Out on their balcony or something? We're not on the balcony. We're on a, I mean, we're on the second level. You know, and it's just a railing. So it's the walkway, breezeway, whatever you want to call it. Okay. But there's like nine of them. And they're taking turns beating on 205 or 204. And I'm like, whoa. Like I peaked. So then it was just like. 
every one of these motherfuckers are six three. <laughs> <laughs> and like now, see what you didn't realize is that's the Philadelphia Eagles. That wasn't fans. No, they were fans and they were drunk and they're like, "Come on, pussies!" and they're yelling and kicking the door. And <laughs> I remember looking back at Lester and I was like, "This is bad, man!" Like, <laughs> I mean, they don't know it's us, obviously. So they uh, finally all leave. So I open the door real fast, and I, I'm like, God dang, they left. But they had put a note on the door next to us. Mm-hmm. So I pull the note off, shut the our door, lock it back up, and I'm, I look at it, and they're just like, we are going to kill you. <laughs> like, sign, you know, whatever fan club. And it was just like, wow, these dudes are serious. Like, they're really mad about that note. <laughs> and we're trying to remember what we wrote, because we wrote it, like, half drunk. Like, right. the, it was just fun. But it, no, it was no fun because like 10 minutes later we hear, they got the note. We know they're in there. And they're banging on the door and it's just like, oh my God. Like, are we even going to be able to leave to go to the game? Yeah, We're going right. to have to tuck our Let Saints jerseys in and right. walk out. Go Eagles. But yeah, no, it, they finally. How long did they go on the second time? Oh, they were there till like four in the morning. Wow. Like taking shifts. Like, come on, pussy, yelling occasionally. <laughs> we just went to sleep. <laughs> But yeah, I thought of that when we were watching this movie. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. Did you tell Lester about this? Well, he was there. No. Oh, no. about the movie? Yeah. Yeah, he 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 couldn't remember liking the movie either. He oh, actually what he said was I told him that the guy directed Rounders, he was like, "Wow, that's a horrible follow-up to a great movie." <laughs> <laughs> so, needless to say, two thumbs down for me. Mm. I'll give it a reluctant thumb up, thumb down. Okay. I just. Yeah, it could have been better. Yeah. Like I was even thinking, I bet Paul Walker had a flashback to this movie and that's why he wrecked his car. (laughs) Wow. That's cold with it. He's like, I can't believe I made that movie. But then you think the only he, did, he also did myself. Deep Blue Sea and other shithole movies too. So yeah. I'm sorry, R.I.P. Paul Walker. Yeah. So the point is that don't count, and we can take a break from a horror movie, but we need to find something scary. So people, light like us truly, up. Truly, truly scary. scary. Truly scary, not just not just cheap. I want truly terrifying that we will think about. I'll even read some subtitles yeah. if a movie's scary enough. I mean, I'm all for it. Reach out to us. Let us know what you... Uh, you can hit us on the Twitter, uh, which... Uh, Two Smart Guys. Two Smart oh, Guys. T-S-G-A-A-F. Yeah, T-S-G-A-A-F. You can call us, which is 318-588-7136. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your voice. And if you don't want us to post you on the air, you can say so in the message and we won't probably. What was, you wrote Wizards Announced Gen Con what? That was uh, Wizards Announced 6E at Gen Con. So clearly that isn't true unless they do it at the online Gen Con. Yeah. Because if to our listeners, if you don't know yet, Gen Con canceled yesterday. Yeah. Which I think there was no way that that was going to go off. Yeah, well... Just, you know, just from the number, I mean, the problem is, it's one thing if 
you know, if you have, if I have a restaurant, you know, and we open and let's say that I have patrons in there and I'm following all the rules and let's say the rates of COVID go up in a few weeks. And some people are like, you know, I ate at such and such restaurant. We'll never prove it. But not that I, I, well, they announced an app today. Oh, really? You put the app on your phone. They expect every American to do this. And once, if you have COVID or you, whatever, if your test comes back, it goes into the app and then it uses your location and any phone that is within certain range of you gets a text that they need to go get tested because they were within, and it's all, you know, you won't, it won't identify you by your phone because it's going to be. Somebody knows who you are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, hey, down You know, no way. It, and and honestly, the only way okay, it's going to happen. If we do that, why don't we just make it mandatory testing for everybody to be done with it? Yeah. But that, but no, I mean, you know why? Is because they want to be able to fucking track you, not just for this. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Well, you know, they're already talking about in uh, the, the lich lady is already talking about preparing for the third and fourth wave not just the second wave yeah it's this like shit's never God gonna... damn it's just you this it's just a thing now come yeah. on anyway finishing my thought obviously if you were gen con even if they were able to do it from indiana rules and stuff yeah get they there. if somebody died of it after they went there they might get sued over that i mean it's stupid but you know you could see why they would be worried yeah about but it. if i go to watertown in dallas and get pneumonia can i sue watertown i don't think you should be able to yeah but, i mean i don't think you can yeah, i don't know i mean but my point is but you can you might have a hell of a hill to climb yeah i don't know anyway that's ridiculous yes what word was i gonna use Outlandish. It's outlandish. It is outlandish. <laughs> uh, on the radio today, they said that Louisiana is preparing for how they're going to handle school next year. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's three options: normal, uh, a phase schooling. They're calling it where some students go Monday, Wednesday. Friday, the other students go Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it flops the next week, and their classes are like bulk or something, and or all online because we got to prepare for this second and third wave. What would you be in favor favor of? <laughs> yeah, go back to school. Got to go back to school. I mean. I is mean, it, if, te- if you got older question. teachers, is don't it, let is, them go back. Is there proof that doing that with the kids actually changes anything? Is there proof of anything changes? No, I mean, anything? not no, really. Yeah. No, there's not. And so, but there is—is is there proof that kids, if they're exposed to this, most of them are okay? Mm-hmm. And I mean, and by most, I mean like ninety-nine percent plus. Well, you know, talk about wanting your cake and eating it too. I don't know if that's the right way. We had this discussion like three days ago about that, but I think that's the right thing. Yeah, that's that's the one. But I'm it's like with. you you. You know, not you hear them constantly say not one life is worth losing if we can prevent it. But yet, you know, when they start, when the reporter asks uh, Cuomo about who's going to take the brunt for sending those patients back to the nursing homes 
where it infected other people and 187 mm-hmm. people died because of that decision. And he goes, "Who? how can you blame anybody? This is a virus. Oh, yeah, right. It's one People are going to die. But, but go back to that thing, that whole thing of how can you make a decision that costs one life and it be okay? Well, if that's true, why do we have cars? Yeah. Why don't we just say, you know, a lot of people die every year. You need to walk everywhere. Because the answer is, as a society... We're okay with an acceptable amount of bad things that are accidents in order to have progress and to have the economy and society function. And that's just how it is. And you know what? That applies to this, too. I just can't wait till the first week of November is over because all this is going to go away. I agree. I completely Win or lose. Trump wins or loses. This goes away. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a thing because that's all this is about at this point. Convince me otherwise. I can't convince you otherwise. I said that. In a meeting I was in Monday, I said the problem is that we have this is an election year, and as long as that's the case, there are people who will scare the f out of people. I was talking about business, but until they're, they're done scaring people, because the one thing, whether it's legit or not, you can say is that there are people that are really frightened of this virus. Yeah, and they will continue to be frightened by the news until it's not an election year. Because here's the thing: we're, they're going to have to still have some sort of online schooling regardless because there are going to be parents that don't mm-hmm. want their kids to go to school sure. because of this giant fear that's been instilled yeah. in them or in the case well he's out of school but let's just say you live with your grandparents and you're I get it. ninth grade i'm not saying and, and yeah, I, yeah, even though I'm i think saying, it's bunk as a society there are people who legitimately and i'm i'm around them one way or another every day yeah they should be worried but you also i'll tell you another thing it's an interesting conversation to have with that person. Like I had, I had a conversation with a, a patient who, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but let's say he was seventy-five years old and had a few comorbidities. Actually, it was a lady, but it doesn't change anything. My point was, I said, like you realize, like yes, you and she was telling me how she had stayed away from everybody up to this point. I don't go anywhere, whatever, you know. And and I said, yeah, that's great. I think you should continue to do that as much as you can. And I said, but you realize that even you. If you got this virus, worst case scenario, it's about 80% likely, 85% likely you'll be okay. She said, what? Really? Really? Because she, she was convinced if she came into contact with this virus, she would get it and she would die. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's what they're getting from the news. Yeah. And that's crazy. Well, I mean, I just was watching CNN. I, we're not going to die? Well, you're going to die this thing. Yeah. Well, actually, there's two things. You have to stay in your home and you have to collect welfare and you have to let somebody else vote for you via mail, not for Trump. If you do those things, you'll be okay. Anything else, you're going to do. Well, I got to wear a mask, too, they said. That's right. Everywhere. Yeah. The mask thing's pretty crazy, too. Well, I mean, what percentage of people that you see just. And I'm not even talking medicine. Let's take medical stuff out of it that just have the mask kind of draped around their chin. All of, All them. of them. So this yeah. is doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like the whole shaming aspect of it. You're not wearing the mask to protect yourself. You're wearing the mask to protect me. Yeah, right. The Karen. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Come here closer so I can cough in your face. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think what we're both hinting at or is saying no matter how at risk you are, there is a point at which 
individuals and we as a society will say, or we will cross the bridge of, you know what? There's a risk. I'm willing to take this much risk, but my life goes on. I mean, there's a risk in everything. Absolutely everything. But, you know, the other argument is you, the personal risk is different than you're trying to kill somebody's grandmother. And it get, you get really tired of hearing that. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then she needs to stay home. Of course. Right? And she needs to have a choice in what she does. And the family needs to respect it as much as they can and help. But if you don't have that grandmother and all you want to do is go out to work so you can support your family or go buy food so your family can eat or go buy shoes so you can live your life, that doesn't make you have anything against the grandmother. Because the other thing is, you can never take it far enough. Oh, you mean you're only wearing a surgical mask with a visor and a respirator? Don't you know that 1% of this virus goes through clothes? So you should wrap yourself in a bubble and then wrap it in saran wrap, but you know that's not enough. I mean, the point is it never ends. No. No. Yeah. But we live in interesting times. Yeah. So let's let's pivot to our game last night. That was an electric game. Yeah. So let me summarize it and then I'll let you jump in and, and hit the the interesting parts. We started the game we're we're in a fairly infamous site in Tyrol, the city where our campaign takes place. We're in the Wilted Bud, which used to be the Fragrant Rose decades ago, but it's a flower shop, which has always been a front for other illicit activities. We started the game because we went there to kill Finn the Frame, who was a former party member who had turned into a vampire and was framing us for different things. So we go down there, and at the end of the, the session before, we had fought some doppelgangers, whom we had beaten mostly in runoff, but there was... One doppelganger who had the ability to charm people, and by people I mean me, my incredibly <laughs> powerful fighter, and there was a mind flayer. I had been charmed, and then the mind flayer mind blasts it, and so all but two players. So even my charmed character is also mind blasted. And so everybody but Stash the Bard and X the Rogue, Jesse's character, are stuck. So the game kicks off, and... Uh, my character is, once I break free of this, this mind blast thing, I'm like, guys, we got to leave. Because whoever it was, and I thought it was a, a vampire, was charming me, said, you got to leave. Or your it was a die. vampire. Well, I know. Oh. Right. Well, it's a little unclear. I think it was. No, it was the doppelganger vampire. Okay. But was that, yeah, I was unclear. I'm still unclear. On he charmed name. you. Yeah. Somebody charmed me. He was a doppelganger, but is he a doppelganger or is he a vampire or is he something else? He's both. Is he both? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Anyway, we don't know. But in this initial fight, we get out of there and it involves one of our our newer scrub replacement characters getting getting killed. His brain sucked out. Brain sucked out. We end up killing the Mind Flayer and we go down. No, I guess we don't. We chased him off. He teleported away. We find a, a simulacrum of the body of Finn, the vampire, we think, who is apparently not Finn. And we end up parlaying with uh, a doppelganger who may have, may or may not be a vampire who works for, we think, Saramanther, who is the great evil who is trying to butt heads with us. 
we end up getting out and we end up picking up that one of our our um, members that's not one of our players and sworn brother sworn brother is the owner of the flower shop which is weird because when you factor in the mind flayers and there was some interaction or some way they got into our group before which we never figured out and we knew there was a mole or a rat but it, it points to this Dudley's a rain character he we're told by this this uh, doppelganger who we kind of make peace with later that he owns the place so it kind of pushes us toward the fact that this guy is probably in league with Saramantha the the great evil um, and we're making plans for uh, you know how do we handle this Unfortunately for us, in the treasure we find, there's a deck of many things. And everybody but me decides they're going to draw cards. And I'll let you kick in. It was in character. I mean, it was fine. No, I agree. I didn't Uh, think people were playing. Mike drew. Well, the shitty thing is reading the deck when we started it that once a card is drawn, except for the fool and what was the other one? The jester. Yeah. Those cards go back, but every other card disappears immediately. So, but I think that they come back for the next person, or do they not? No, they're just out of the deck. I know deck. we didn't do it that way. Yeah, yeah. no, it says they're no, they I know are removed immediately. I think we did it right. So Mike ends up getting the void, which his counter was his character, so his body falls somewhat unceremoniously to the floor. We check on him, but it's like, all right, well, he got a bad card. Yeah, Yeah. so my character goes next. I say I'm going to pull three times. First card, dungeon. (laughs) So gone. My character disappears. All his items fall to the floor. Ortoff passes. Everybody else continues to draw as more and more bad things are removed from the deck. (laughs) Some people get some very beneficial stuff. So all in all, we ended up losing... And, and one of the persons that, that had a bad outcome that was the least bad was our bard stash lost three points of intelligence. Oh, yeah. Not that it matters, but I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they really, it was like everybody just, like once we pulled those shit cards at the beginning, everybody was just pulling awesome shit. So yeah, Mike and I, I will be introducing new characters next week. <laughs> And the new character was introduced by James right before that happened. Yeah. It will be interesting to see if, since he is playing you know, a character who is an NPC who is beholden to me as my lefty, if he continues to play him that way. I mean, I think he will. I hope so. The character is pretty easy, straightforward. Yeah. Bash shit with the chain. Uh... Yeah, I will go ahead and say, unless Josh does it, there will be no deck of many things in this next campaign. Uh, they they can fuck up a story. But there will be Dice of Pain. I don't know what that is yet. But they're happening. But they're, they're happening. <laughs> Fucking deck of many things. But we're at a place in the story where we have reason to believe that we know who has been fucking up the syndicate and we have resolved to go and take care of it and we know there's a meeting of the syndicate folks so I think it's about to continue to be pretty rough. Oh, I agree. That's what 
That's why I was talking to our dungeon master last night about bringing this character in for the strict purpose of joining up with these infamous people, which would be RPCs yeah. that I've recently been a member of until I was. Well, and infamous they are. I mean, riots fighting the guard on who are Griffin riders successfully. Hero Louisiana woman struck by train while trying to save grandchild dies of her injuries. Yeah, trains do that. Wow, that's crazy. Where's this at? Where is Hero Louisiana? No, the Hero Woman. Oh, the Hero Woman. Oh, Pier 1 is closing all its stores. We were just talking about that before we started up. They're going to close all 540 stores. One of the casinos here in Bossier City is closing. 700 jobs. Interesting times, people. Interesting times. Suicides are up. Crazy. Anyway, back to the story. Have you ever stopped to think, like, for you, and we come back to it in a second, but, like, for you and me, we haven't stopped working. I mean, I guess one of your gigs is, was kind of put on hold for a little while. But... Oh, it's back on hold. Oh, really? No, I mean, kind of voluntarily, but... Uh... I was going to come see you. Well, the girl asked if she could cover until, like, phase opens up for the casino so she okay. can get back to work. But I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. Like, you don't realize how nice it is to work five days a week as opposed to six, you know. Maybe we need a pickup game over here Saturday night. So, well, you know, as soon as I told my lovely oh, companion, good. she was like, Yay! No pickup game. <laughs> That's good. Oh, there'll be some picking up games, but ha <laughs> ha Anyway, like, back to the story. Well, let, let me speaking of pickup games with uh, companions. Like I was thinking the other day, <clears throat> I don't know what I was watching, but they were making fun of somebody for masturbating. Like you know, and these are adults, and they're just like, well, "You jerk off." I, it was some show. It was an HBO thing, I think. Okay. And it's just like. Dude, yeah. <laughs> like I don't understand the, the 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 way this was written. It was just like this is just writing for somebody because in real life that person would just been like, yeah, motherfucker. So yeah. do you. Well, that that's how this group would do it. Yeah, and almost because you know anybody's honest. You've read The Shining, right? I haven't. I've so, seen them. No, the movie's different. The okay. movie's awesome. I'm not taking anything away from it, but The Shining, a big part of the uh, thing is the boiler. Which, okay. you know, we, grew, we didn't grow up where you need boilers. But a big part of the book, because at the end of the book, spoiler alert for a 50-year-old book, however old it is, uh, the Overlook blows up. Okay. Not like in the movie, right? But the whole thing is you got to go bleed the boiler or it will blow the fuck up. Okay. Right? So that's all that's that is. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so... I don't know. I just thought of that. Have we talked about this before? We may have on the podcast because it's Stephen King about there was a very short little story that he wrote that was in one of my freshman English classes that we had to go over. It's it it was about horror movies and what they do for you about how you know we all kind of live in a polite society and we're all good people and stuff like that. But the reality is that lurid things like that in horror movies. Um, they're like 
they they treat a part of our personalities, which are like a, a basement full of alligators. It's like, you know, basically, yeah, we're all good people and we're good to each other, but that's that works only so long as you keep the, the alligators in the basement fed. fed. Uh-huh. And I think it's on point. Yeah, I like that. That's what I love. Like, I love reading scary stuff and I'll creep myself out like really bad. But that's all in my head. It just like it does because it's not in my head is the way the movies don't work on me or right. whatever. Well, you're not having to me. That's the same reason why I think radio is a very effective medium because just like reading, it forces your brain to create the scenario, yeah. which is always more effective than looking at a screen. And I actually like audiobooks lately. Like it's a same lot. thing. Yeah. But I, I still prefer to read. Well, I would too. I just don't have time for yeah. that. And that's why podcasts are great. Did you see like the stats like when the shelter at home came out that like you know, podcast listening went way down because people weren't driving. Oh, wow. Yeah, I bet. I saw, uh, I don't remember what it was. It was something about all these mountain ranges are being able to be seen from so far away now. Oh, because of the lack of pollution. pollution. You know, they were having a uh, COVID-19 or something for, yeah, it was a COVID-19 panel discussion in dc it's you know so that i don't know who's putting it on but it was all these doctors and uh virologists and all this shit and greta thunberg yeah i heard about that <laughs> like, why why is she there because she's young and she'll express her outrage in an interesting way <laughs> oh, as somebody said because she hasn't even graduated from high school well she quit going remember in protest yeah so, yeah, she ain't graduated. I mean, she probably already got her GED. Mm. Uh, if they have GEDs, wherever she's from. One of those death metal countries. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wherever death clock is. Metalocalypse. Uh, so, back to the game. It sucks. Uh, I'm not giving up on you yet. No, no, no. And I, I, it's awesome. I agree. But I can't control that, so I got. If no, I want to keep playing at the table, I got to bring another character sure. in. So, but I mean, the one thing is whether X and Ortoff are tight or not, and they're not really. But Ortoff will bet the fucking farm to get you. But here's the thing, and even if it wouldn't be the other way around, you know that's true. All that's going to go out the door next week anyway, because what's going to happen is Scott's going to make Baron empty that bag of holding. You're right. Unless that, ba- it, unless Baron goes to his room one night and does it, I don't think Wartoff's going to be down with that. Well, I mean, you're not going to you're not going to know. Yeah, I know you got a magic bag that you're carrying our shit in. But I'm just saying, if he we just goes to bed, everybody goes and rests for the night, and he takes that excess mm. shit out. We'll see. Yeah, like Brian, listen to this podcast before we play next Tuesday. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm just obviously I'm care. I'm no, you're joking. right. That would change things. No, yeah, it would change it drastically because X was obviously stealing from everybody except yeah. for Baron. I mean, Baron doesn't know that though. No, he, he does. He believes it. He has a fully updated <laughs> amount. So I don't. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that as much as. We would be willing to go rescue you. I mean, in reality, the chance of us having that opportunity is almost zero. So it's probably not going to happen. Well, I'm going to 
revel in the leftiness of not being a I'm just going to be able to kind of do what I want without yeah I mean y'all tell me what to do I got to go do it obviously yeah but I'm going to I'm creating a character who does not mind you know any of that Hi, my name is Larson <laughs> so Scott was talking about how the personalities at the table is are you know change drastically depending on who's running but it's going to be a weird and hasn't been situation or hasn't happened yet for us when Josh is running. Yep. Because it's going to be me, you and Scott. I know. He's talked to me gaming. about that. Before. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. Now, probably the scenario that we've set our campaign into, which does pigeonhole some people will make it so that I probably will not be a, a very forceful personality. Maybe. But I still think it's going to be fun. The three of us get to role play no, together. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that'll be good. So no. tell me, tell me something new you learned this week. What did I learn new this week? Uh, well, one cool thing, and you were there for it, is I, I played a solo acoustic gig, which I've not done in over a decade. Which you know was that, great, man. Well, thank you. I got to use a a, a vocal harmonizer there which sounds very t-pain but mostly wasn't but it, it i was able to you know make it fill up space in a way i didn't know if that would work very easily or very well but i think it did it's kind of interesting that it was that we we're there and it's the first night that, or that a lot of these places you know down on the east bank were open with live music and you know it's threatening to rain and thunder and lightning and all that kind of stuff so i just set up a whole pa system and break it down and set it back up and play <laughs> it sounded great uh that i was very surprised with the sound coming out from the wall like that that it didn't just fade off into that area it yeah. sounded good well thanks. and like i said there was people there that had never heard you before and enjoyed it well so hbo max tell me about that I mean, is it is it going to be like an additional tier of HBO? I I don't know, but I know they got the Big Bang Theory. Like they bought the rights to it for the next eight years or something. They paid a lot of money for it just to draw traffic to them because yeah. it's nowhere else unless you pay for individual episodes and shit. Right. But they also got the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh, really? Yeah, like so that's going to be a big draw too because according to Zack Snyder, the movie that was released in the theaters was about one fourth of the stuff he did. Wow, how like, long is it going to be? I don't know. <laughs> that's crazy though. Isn't it is it? crazy. It's pretty cool if you ended. You know. Yeah, I just wonder because I, like I've seen some of the like stuff that comes up and some of the the stuff that they're showing. Uh, you know, like the the footage, like with the that that service is like. Um, what do you call it? Watchmen. I'm like, well, that's already on HBO. So does that mean all their original stuff will only be on there? I wonder what that means. I don't know. Let's well, you know, let's see. HBO Max. The fuck are you? Mm, HBO Max, the new streaming platform, which includes all your favorite shows and movies from HBO. Warner Brothers, and so much more. Hmm. 
or HBO HBO Max is the new direct-to-consumer streaming service. HBO Now is the existing direct-to-consumer streaming service. HBO Go, meanwhile, features the same content as HBO Now, but you can only access this as a bonus with a cable subscription to HBO. So I guess HBO Max has taken over HBO Now, but they added Warner Brothers. I guess Uh, that must be it. uh, It's interesting. It's very interesting. How many subscriptions do you pay for for digital content streaming per month? One, two, three. Wait. Hulu, Amazon, Netflix. Amazon, Netflix, Disney. Oh, that's part of Hulu Live, though. So. Okay. Well, I don't have Hulu. Yeah. It's all. If you get Hulu Live or Hulu, you can get, as part of that package, Disney and ESPN. But that's all. So basically three. But, you know, it's probably. Four. I have the WWE Network because my 10-year-old oh, nice. loves it. I'm surprised you don't have the DC Network. Like DC Comics? Yeah. They have their own streaming service. I'm not a DC guy. Yeah. Well, I just got hyped about Justice League. I know. And I, I, look, I'll watch it. Apparently, there's a really good Harley Quinn cartoon on there, and that Teen Titans show was, I mean, like, fuck Batman was the catch line, so. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, what ended up happening with the, the thing you were telling me about on the podcast a while back about like the new heroes or whatever? Remember what I'm talking about? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I, they had to have come out by now. Or maybe COVID-19 pushed everything back. Yeah. Safe yeah. Space and Snowflake and all that. Oh, yeah. New Warriors. New Warriors. Yeah, boy. Uh-uh. What da- that was a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, but this is like number issue one. When did it? Oh, it came out. Oh, it doesn't come out till August fifth. No. So it hadn't right, come then. out yet. So it was just Buzz Generation. Something about Kamala's Law. So I guess Kamala Khan. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I wish I knew more. I wish I had time. I understand. We need to get together and work on that. Uh, I mean, I got busy all of a sudden, so that's my fault. But now apparently, online and stuff, and weekends free, so we should. Well, you, you know my schedule. Online. I'd love yeah. to. Because uh, I'm up, I'm ready. If anything happens to this campaign we're in, oh, for dude, me to take I'm over. not worried about anything. There's no character's going to die in this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know it could happen anytime. <laughs> I think everyone realizes that. Yeah, it's pretty insane. That's okay. I mean, we did that to ourselves, and I don't think it was out of character for anybody that did draw, and it definitely was in character for you not to draw. Fuck so. drawing. Yeah, I know. Well, I think it's fun. I think Scott's doing an amazing job, and I think, you know. Oh, I agree. I he good. let us build the tension. Mm-hmm. Which is the best way. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> let us build the tension. Like, literally, when he was controlling the Mind Flayer, he didn't say a word. He went like, you yeah, know, Nancy Pelosi did a couple times and then moved on. <laughs> And we were all, like, damn near panicking. Yeah. Damn near. I was panicking. <laughs> I was trying to be, like, up front on that one and ballsy, but I rolled so bad to hit that guy that it changes the whole dynamic of everything you were trying to role play when you roll a two and a three on your attack. Oh, I know. I'd rolled some of that shit right next to you like, before that. this is bullshit. Yeah, it does take the wind out of your sails. No doubt about it. 
All right, so we're going to record again Sunday. Yes, so sir. we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Hit us up on Twitter at TSGAAF. How about a voicemail? Yeah, 318-588-7136. I can't even believe you remember the number. But I do. All right, I'm Jesse. I'm Will. We're out. Peace. Peace.